The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. Negotiate Anything is produced by the American Negotiation Institute. And with over 3 million downloads and listeners in over 180 countries, listeners just like you have made it the number one negotiation podcast in the world. I'm Kwame Christian, and I'm the director of the American Negotiation Institute. We're growing, and I want to introduce you to our new team members and new trainers. This will give you new and diverse perspectives on negotiation and conflict resolution. And that's why Shane Martin, our head of sales and partnerships, is going to serve as co-host of the show from time to time. We're excited to continue to provide you with the best content that will help to make your difficult conversations easier, both at work and at home. Lastly, our team conducts negotiation and conflict resolution trainings in the United States and abroad. Our trainings will give you the practical skills you need to resolve conflict, negotiate, lead, and persuade with confidence. Click the link in the description below to learn more about how we can make your difficult conversations easier. Today we're with Business Fierce founder, Jill Robbins. Jill, we appreciate you so much for joining us and thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. The purpose of today's show is to provide you actionable insights, tips, and stories to help you become a more successful negotiator and entrepreneur. I know you're gonna get a ton of value because Jill has a plethora of experience. And sneak peek, Jill is going to share why negotiations between procurement and sales sometimes fail and how you can ensure yours are successful. So Jill, please introduce yourself and maybe just briefly share what experience you have in negotiations as an entrepreneur now. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Shane. I'm happy to be here um, and welcome everyone. Looking forward to this conversation. So Jill Robbins, um, I spent over 20 years in the corporate world. Um, while being in the corporate world, um, I call myself kind of an entrepreneur trapped as an entrepreneur. Um, my husband and I have run successful businesses, built them, sold them. Um, so, you know, there's always negotiations um, from a real estate perspective. But while in the corporate world, I managed people around the world. We um, were responsible for between two and three billion in um, corporate spend on the indirect side of the business. So negotiated with um, a lot of, you know, the top brands, you know, technology companies, um, you know, PR firms, marketing agencies. So had a lot of experience that doing that. Um, and I negotiate everything in my life. Um, my husband um, is, is used to it. Um, um, but, you know, everything can be a negotiation if you want it to be. It does not have to be controversial. It can be a conversation. So I know that's um, really what you guys um, stand for. So, you know, negotiation is a life skill. It's a business skill. It's a relationship skill. So, you know, look forward to talking with you today. Um, since I took a leave from the corporate world, I am now helping companies sell to and through procurement. Um, so I've been sold to um, by the biggest brands, negotiated with those um, companies, you know, the SAPs of the world, the Oracles, the Salesforce.coms, you name it. Um, and now I am teaching companies how to become procurement insiders and uh, how to manage those relationships effectively and maximize their margins and win more deals. 
One more deal, say no more. I love that so much. And I, I also really appreciate the work that you and your husband have done together, both of you working together on businesses. It sounds like you're kind of a power couple in a way. You've got a lot going on. You've accomplished a lot. And you've been in a lot of negotiations on both sides. Yes. And you said that you'd been sold to. So let's say today that you and I are negotiating with each other and you're in procurement, I'm in sales. What should both of us be doing to ensure that we're maximizing the value of the conversation for both sides. Yep. Do your homework. Both sides really need to invest in doing your homework. Um, you know, I like to use, you know, car buying as an example. Um, I, I like nice cars. I like nice things. Um, you don't have to pay retail for anything. Um, you know, know what the competition is doing. Um, understand that. And that applies to any spend category, really. Um, and, you know, it don't be lazy. Um, you know, you really should show up to that negotiation table um, and really understand what the other side um, is doing, understand what their priorities are. Um, if it's a publicly traded company, listen to their earnings calls, you know, the last one or two earnings calls. Don't just read the press release. Um, understand the inflection in the voices and what the analysts are asking. And you can use that to your advantage when you are selling and you can tie your product or your solution to those challenges or those opportunities that are shared um, in those conversations. Absolutely. So let's say a salesperson has their champion, they know the problems, they know the pain points, and they have a solution. And now the champion passes it off to procurement, but procurement comes and says, well, we just can't afford that right now. And they want to cut maybe the number of seats or the number of licenses. What should a salesperson do to communicate thoughtfully and clearly that, hey, like this is what they need, but here's the price? Yeah, so that that's, you know, an age old question and, um, you know, there are different people in procurement with different styles um, that will only be after cost and you really need to focus on the value that you're bringing to the table. So what is that return on investment? What is that total cost of ownership? Really don't like that. You know, you, you hear TCO, it really should be that total cost optimization. Um, so speak procurement's language, and that's what I teach my clients to do, um, because when you're speaking their language, you're like, oh, they really do understand, you know, what we're up against and, and what we're facing. So make it about value and have skin in the game. Um, because if you're only talking about licenses, you're only talking about seats, you're only talking about subscription costs, you're talking about costs and all procurement sees as a price tag and uh, an invoice at the end of the day. So flip it around and say, hey, this is how we're going to improve, you know, your productivity. Here's how we're going to eliminate processes. Here's how you'll be able to consolidate the number of solution providers that you have. Whatever it is that you're selling, look at the big picture and then tie it to the value. Right, so clearly communicate how the solution ultimately is gonna drive results for the organization as a whole, maybe not just for one person. Yep. And the other thing, Shane, too, is, you know, people always look at like the bottom line and oftentimes there's a top line impact. Um, so, you know, we talked about, you know, the productivity of employees, but if you're able to sell faster, if you're able to sell more, if you're able to reach more customers, there is a top line revenue impact for that organization. So don't lose sight of that. 
So you're saying there are ways there are ways to accelerate negotiations, and that's really really interesting. We talk a lot about that at American Negotiation Institute. So from a procurement perspective, from a sales perspective, how can we accelerate these complicated negotiations? How can you accelerate it? Well, kind of what we talked about before, um, you know, show up and be smart about, you know, what you're negotiating. Um, and you can always, you know, move the timeline um, when you've got value on the table. Um, and, you know, ask some of those open-ended questions too. Um, so you can learn more about what the challenges are, what the priorities are, whether it's within a specific function. Nowadays, a lot of solutions cut across the value chain so don't have blinders on so many companies work in silos and if your solution you know does cut across the value chain um, procurement can Procurement can be a wealth of information for you. Um, listen more than you talk. Um, you know, th the uh, <laughs> old adage that, um, you know, procurement really does have a BS meter. They, they can smoke out um, who's just selling and who's full of it very, very quickly. Um, so don't be that salesperson um, with procurement because you'll get on the block list and your emails will not get through um, to them if you, if you continue to do that and no one knows better than procurement but every conversation truly is a negotiation um, and sales folks should understand that too um, so if you promise something um, you should be able to follow through on that and you know both parties need to have skin in the game absolutely and so you're, you're saying to approach a conversation with procurement as a partner rather than as an enemy if you're a salesperson. And if you're a procurement person, you're approaching the conversation as this person is trying to help our organization, but my job is to maximize the relationship. Yep. Yeah, maximize the relationship, maximize the value. And the other thing too is you may not be the best fit at that point in time. So come clean, you know, be honest um, with the organization and say, hey, you know, I really appreciate everything you've shared. We've learned so much at this time. I think you need to talk with my colleague at another company, or I think they're a better solution for you. And procurement will not forget that. And if that person, you know, moves to another company or in six months, months, you know, they'll bring you back in. You have earned so much credibility by doing that and not just selling them a bill of goods. Right. And I love that you said appreciate because oh, there are so many studies specifically at Harvard where they've studied how negotiations can progress. Uh, and essentially the, the studies have been oddly connected to marriage that one of the greatest predictors of marriage success is appreciation. So you're starting out the statement by saying, I appreciate all the work that you've put into this already. And because you've done that, walls will come down, barriers will be broken down because you're expressing gratitude for what the other person's doing. But ultimately, as a salesperson, you're, you have a number to hit and you have a quota to hit. And so passing off deals could be to a different company or to a competitor can be a really humbling and a really challenging experience too. And I would even consider as well that, and also maybe there's a different business unit in a large organization that could use your products that maybe is working on a different project. So asking around because you've expressed that appreciation, hey, who else do you think that we can help? I noticed a few people on LinkedIn that I looked up that have job titles of people who we're working with now. Something like that could also expand the pie in a way to maximize your impact, but also serve 
others within the company as well. Do you have any other tips or ideas on like you want to still win the deal and you want to achieve more and, and help more people, but um, maybe it's just not the right fit? Hi, I'm Kevin Kanaki, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at the American Negotiation Institute. Did you know our company offers completely customizable negotiation workshops? The negotiation and conflict resolution skills that your team will learn from these workshops are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram accounts to see our daily negotiation content. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in the story behind the business headlines, check out Big Technology Podcast, my weekly show that features in-depth interviews with CEOs, researchers, and reformers in business and technology. Hi, I'm Alex Kantrowitz. I'm a longtime journalist, CNBC contributor, and the host of the show. I empty my Rolodex every Wednesday to bring you awesome episodes. So go check out Big Technology Podcast. It's available on all podcast apps. We'd love to have you as a listener. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work Podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. Yeah, so, you know, something that happens a lot, Shane, is that you'll get an in to a specific function, whether it's IT, whether it's marketing, whether it's, you know, someone in sales or research and development, and procurement is not brought in until they are well down the path and have already decided. And as a salesperson, ask for procurement to be brought in. If they're not brought in um, to some of those early discussions, ask for them to be brought in um, because they can be your advocate. And especially, you know, if it's not a one-time sale and you're, you're continuing to upsell or there are future bid opportunities, you want to build that bridge as early as possible because procurement is becoming more and more of a gatekeeper in these organizations. The CFO, the COO, they're looking to procurement to control, you know, who the company is doing business with. They're looking to control OPEX. And when you build that relationship early, they'll say, hey, they really wanted to work with us. We'll include them in these, you know, future opportunities. But if you are on the other end and you say, oh, well, we just need to get the paperwork signed, procurement will remember that too and say, hey, you're not a strategic partner here. You just wanted to close that deal. Um, so, you know, you may have gotten that half million dollar deal, but it could have been $5 million or it could have been $10 million. Um, so don't don't make that fatal mistake. Even if your chief revenue officer is saying, get the deal done, go around procurement. Um, you know, I coach my clients all the time. That is the worst thing you can do. And my clients can attest 
to you know the approach that I take and what I've taught them. There, some of my clients they have never had more business um, in the last nine months, and it's you know part of it is the coaching and the training that I've provided, but a lot of it is just working with procurement, right, um, and understanding how to speak their language um, and not treating them like they're tactical. Um, procurement is very strategic. They see across the value chain. Um, so, so give them the credit um, that they deserve. It's so interesting. I'm, I'm grinning ear to ear because when you're describing a salesperson who is going around procurement or just fighting to close a deal, I have been that person. I am so yep. guilty of just wanting to cut corners and just get it done as fast as possible to the point where I even in the past put pressure on my own teammates to get a deal done. And that was a huge mistake because that's not the right way to treat your own team because you're putting pressure on everyone when it doesn't need to be. Instead, you're saying take an approach where you're getting procurement involved early. Say, hey, I want to help. Here's a few ideas. You're already coming with solutions. And then ultimately, when the time comes, there won't be as much friction, it sounds like, if you've involved procurement earlier rather than later. Absolutely. And you want to be that trusted advisor because procurement, you know, they like to test ideas. Hey, how would you approach this? Um, so you want to be in that inside circle um, with procurement because suppliers that are trusted are then innovative and they will listen to solutions. You don't just show up to a quarterly business review and do a dog and pony and then get kicked down. And then, you know, the next quarter you come in, you want to have that fluid dialogue going, um, you know, whether it's monthly or, you know, you just, you want to be on that short list and, you know, be able to share text messages and just bounce any ideas because, you know, priorities are changing in these companies. Margins, you know, are <laughs> very important. Supply chain continuity, sustainability, you name it. Those, those priorities are constantly, you know, changing and procurement is at the forefront of knowing when and how to manage those. Because procurement has eyes. They can see the whole organization. They have yes. information that other people within the organization don't. And that is exactly why I think now more than ever, procurement is so important, especially if we look back to last year in March, when companies were suddenly trying to cut costs. Who did they go to? Procurement. They had to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So um, for, for a person, for an organization who has worked with procurement, and let's say a salesperson has a really great relationship, they're providing value, the product's doing great, but they feel like they've reached a ceiling of how many people at an organization that they can help, but they know there's massive opportunities still. What advice do you have for a salesperson who wants to grow an account in a thoughtful way? Yeah, so, you know, what we talked about early on, Shane, you know, just you really need to do your homework and listen. Um, be flexible. Um, and, you know, continue to, to share that feedback within your own organization to improve your solution, to improve your product offering. Um, and, you know, that's how you will stand out from your competition. You know, that, that the digital transformation is going to be um, continuing to be a focus. Um, how do we automate? How do we nearshore? How do we, you know, make our supply chain more reliable? How do we get our products to our customers faster? Um, 
all of those things are not going away. Um, so the, the more competitive you can be um, and delivering those solutions, it, you'll be able to stand out. And another you know, tip that a lot of sales folks um, think the deal is signed. I, I've got the deal signed. I can go have a beer. I can go celebrate. You know, they get a pat on the back. They get that commission check. Um, the deal has just started when that contract is signed. Do not walk away. Do not celebrate um, <laughs> you're, because, um, you know, you're, you're putting, um, you know, all of your eggs in that basket. And it's like, hey, you really need to perform after that deal is signed. Um, so be vested. Um, once that contract is signed, don't just walk away um, because you need to have the right KPIs in place. And that's an, something um, that a lot of sales folks, they think, oh, well, you know, we've got this contract template or our client has this contract template, but ask, hey, what's important to you? How do you measure success? And how do you want to be measured? Um, because both parties need to have you know, that vested interest and like I said, that skin in the game. So, you know, be thoughtful about that and manage that proactively. Don't be reactive and just show up, you know, quarterly and say, hey, we checked all these boxes um, when that may not be the case. Um, so, you know, be, like I said, be vested, be present um, and show that you care. Absolutely. And, and one way to show that you care that I think is quick, easy, but also thoughtful is on LinkedIn, you can send a 20 second voice memo through a DM where it says, hey Jill, was just thinking about you because I read an article last week that mentioned exactly what we talked about a few months ago. Staying top of mind, staying thoughtful, and then sending an article takes less than 45 seconds. And you're fostering that relationship, you're being thoughtful, you're being honest, and you talked about performance and one thing that has been so interesting the last couple of years is how much more training it seems like salespeople have versus procurement. Yeah. Why is procurement yeah. negotiation training important? Um, well, you know, procurement has on the job um, training all the time with negotiation, but, you know, vesting and formal training definitely is important. But the, I will say, um, after being in, you know, a global procurement supply chain role, Lean Six Sigma roles, the toughest negotiations are internal. So you are, you are getting on the job training all the time. I would negotiate with a supplier any day. Anyone on my team would welcome a negotiation with a supplier. Those internal negotiations, those competing priorities, those politics, the bureaucracy that exists. So don't forget when you are working with procurement, you are one of a hundred or thousands of suppliers that they're managing or that are knocking on their door trying to win their business and their attention. There are, is only so much time they're willing to give. Um, and the lines are blurred even more, you know, after COVID because people are working from home. Um, but formal negotiation training absolutely is important. Um, but it is, it's a skill that is polished over time, um, but it's one that they, they are practicing day in and day out. Every time they respond to an email, every time they're having an interaction with their boss, every 
time they're talking with a chief marketing officer. Um, so don't forget that there's a lot you can learn um, from procurement and procurement loves to share stories. Um, so just be willing to actively listen um, to those folks that you're working with. Absolutely. And so you're saying as much as taking care of the client and negotiating with procurement is important, also taking care of your own people is just as important as well. People who have your back are on your team supporting you, giving resources and yep. things like that. Even more important, I would say. Yeah, because if, if your team's not happy, um, then, you know, your livelihood is at stake. Um, so, you know, everyone, you need to be bringing everyone along and be attuned to what is um, important and, you know, how you can maximize, you know, the productivity and the, the revenues within your own company. Absolutely. And part of that is doing homework. So you've talked today about listening to earnings calls. You've talked about writing out specific questions and thinking about questions that are open-ended to ask procurement. You've talked about having a service mindset rather than just to give me, got to hit my quota mindset. There are so many uh, applicable and practical uh, examples that we can apply right now to the conversation with procurement. But what maybe is a procurement story that you have or a negotiation story where uh, things didn't turn out the way you wanted or they did turn out the way you wanted? What's one of your favorite negotiation stories? Oh, one of my favorite negotiation stories. Woo. Um... You know, the hardest ones um, are typically with strategic consulting firms when executives say, this is who we're going to work with, don't care what the price is, they've already, you know, said, th they've given away the farm, there is zero leverage um, whatsoever. So, you know, that's how you learn um, how to navigate those internal politics. Um, you may not always agree with your boss um, because it's, you know, handed to you, um, but doing your homework um, and understanding um, what is really important and holding that strategic consulting firm accountable. Um, they don't want to be held accountable. They want to be paid an hourly rate and they'll have, you know, mildly described deliverables. They do not want milestones. So, you know, my, I'd say most recent and biggest success is defining what those milestones are, having skin in the game with these strategic consulting firms that have egos um, that stretch um, around the world um, and knowing that you can then hold them accountable. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, if they can't commit to certain milestones, um, then you don't want to do business with them. So it, it can be very difficult. And like I said, the, the hardest negotiations are internal. And when, you know, the CEO, the CFO is saying, just, just sign it, just get it done. We've got to get started. We've got to, you know, start implementing. It's like, hang on a second. This, you know, has, you know, red flags all over it. And that comes through years of experience. Um, and you stick your neck out, right? I mean, I could have easily been fired um, because I said, no, this is what we need to do. We need to have um, our I's dotted, our T's crossed. Did we get everything? 
Absolutely not. But did we cover the right bases? Did we have the right accountability before the deal was signed? Yes. Um, so I'd say that was probably the most stressful. Um, and it was before a holiday, you know, several years ago. Um, so, you know, and I had a, my team was working overtime and they're like, this is bullshit. Why do we have to do this? They're not listening to us. And, you know, so you deal with all of the emotions, right? Because no one, wants to work right up into a holiday. Um, but, you know, don't just give in. Just because an executive asks you to do something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Um, and, you know, your years of experience, your common sense, um, your, you know, business acumen, knowing what's important, um, don't dismiss any of that um, because that's what makes you strong and that's what makes you a, a good negotiator politely challenging in a thoughtful yes. way and yeah. helping others maybe see something that they hadn't seen because you could ask how and what questions to maybe not necessarily change their mind, but help them maybe see something that is different, which might be ultimately more valuable to everyone where yep. there's time savings, there's et cetera. There's, there's so many different variables. If we take a, what we talk about a compassionate, curious, mindset into the negotiation. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, th that um, same deal, um, by having those milestones and by having both parties have skin in the game, um, that firm ended up not performing. Um, they ended up having to be terminated. Um, and by my pushing back and having, you know, those milestones, and all of the right terms and conditions in there, it ended up saving the company millions of dollars um, by just doing that and not having to pay um, an hourly rate when they ended up not performing. Um, so, so it is worthwhile um, to have the, the right structure um, in these very critical and um, high pressure um, conversations and deals at the end of the day. Well, uh, I hope they gave you those millions of dollars and then you said <laughs> yeah, right. next thing, so. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing too, you know, Shane, I think a lot of sales folks, they think that procurement is com compensated in the same way that sales is by commission, by, hey, they're, they get a percent of the savings. They do not. There is not a company that I have ever worked for in Fortune 50, Fortune 100, procurement is not getting a percent of those savings. Um, so that's really why value is so critical um, in understanding, you know, how you can deliver long term and have that, you know, relationship years into the future and not just checking the box at the end of the quarter that you close that deal. Um, because you want to be working with the, those companies for years into the future. Right, and so that, that's super interesting. And as we wrap up today, you mentioned that procurement people are not always compensated on the amount of savings that they have for a company, but rather value. What else makes up a procurement person's compensation? Yeah, so you you know you want um, reliability of supply, so supply chain continuity. COVID highlighted it beautifully, right? Um, you know, subcontractors. You know, understanding what 
that full supply chain mapping. Um, diversity is important. Innovation is critically important. Um, so you would rather pay more for a more advanced technology that's going to eliminate manual processes than one that's just going to add to. Um, so there are, you know, depending on um, who you're selling to, you know, if it's in marketing, it's not just about clicks, it's about how you're selling. Um, is your product truly selling? Um, so the, the factors and the key performance indicators vary depending on the function and depending on the solution um, being delivered. Um, but, you know, you have to look at the big picture and, you know, procurement is, is not just measured on savings. Um, you know, it, it is about value. It's about that continuity of supply. Um, when you're talking about direct materials, it can be purchase price variants. Um, you want to minimize risk. Um, so that risk mitigation is critically important um, and having the right terms and conditions in contracts, um, having out clauses. Um, so, you know, you, you want to dot your I's and cross your T's and you'll know when you're working um, with a strong procurement person and they're collaborative, um, they're asking the tough questions and they're vested in the long-term um, success of both parties. Well, Jill, it's very clear that you are a fountain of knowledge when it comes to bridging the gap between procurement and sales. And we can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing all of this information that you've absorbed and shared over the last few years. And I just want to give you an opportunity to share uh, how, as the founder of Business Fierce now, how can people support you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I post regularly. Um, my website is um, getting an overhaul now, but it should be up in the next week or so. So you can find me at businessfierce.com. Um, and I am a real person. I respond to messages on LinkedIn. I I'm happy to have a conversation. Um, I love helping um, my clients range from technology companies um, to you know contract labor companies and anyone who is selling to and through procurement, I can definitely help you. Um, I'm also helping organizations respond more effectively to RFPs um, and stand down amongst your competition and um, respond in a creative way and not just answer the 80 questions that get pushed across the table. Um, so RFPs um, can be complex, but I can definitely um, break through um, a lot of that smoke and mirrors um, that exists through that process and I enjoy doing that. Well, that's great. I know who I'll be calling for our next RFP. <laughs> those, <laughs> those can be a, a lot of fun. They can also be very challenging as well. So I encourage everyone to go to businessspheres.com and check out Jill's new website and also share your feedback and comments on what you liked about today's show. Jill Robbins, founder of Business Spheres, pleasure to have you and thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Shane. Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.